Hello and welcome to Embassy City Church Podcast. This is a place where all people can experience the love of God through the Word of God. Our prayer is that you will be inspired and transformed. Thank you for joining us today. Real high and real loud. Are you ready? Today. today. Good. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. is going to speak to me about, about being, being a, living a living sacrifice. sacrifice. Told you. After today, <laughs> I will know and fully understand that God wants me to take my whole body and make it a living sacrifice for him. I might not like it. I might feel a certain type of way. But I willingly open up my heart right now to allow God's word to change me into what he wants me to be. All right, let's go. Let's go. That's good. That's good. If you're taking notes on this message, the title is simply Living Sacrifices. Living Sacrifices. Now, I'm only going to read one verse. I'm reading uh, Romans chapter number 12, verse number one. Okay? Here's what it says in the New Living Translation of the Bible. And so. Now, I read from the New Living, but I have 30 years of King James baked into my head. And in King James, he would say, therefore, both of these words, therefore, or and so, uh, is, is to say that, that, that now that I have laid out all of this framework for you, here's what I want you to do based on what I've just said. Just so you have context to what this and so, or this therefore, really speaks to, it's chapters 1 through 11 of the book of Romans. Paul has laid out this incredible body of work in 11 chapters. And at the end of it, he sums it up by saying, and so, or therefore, based on what you've just read, what I've just explained to you, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Bow your hands. Let's pray over the word, shall we? Holy Spirit, help us to be living sacrifices. Amen. I was born and raised in church. Uh, but being born and raised in church does not make you a Bible scholar. It just means that you were born and raised in church. Perhaps some of you all were like me, that, that uh, your parents uh, brought you to church and uh, you had no recourse because you lived in their house, you ate of their food, wore clothes they purchased, you didn't really have a lot of option. And you knew if you wanted to go to the mall, you might want to get in this car and go to church as well. 
For some of you off, it's a more strict house if you wanted to live. <laughs> be in your best interest to get to this service. I was born and raised in the church, and uh, what I found out about uh, a lot of churches is that um, they, were, they weren't really good at speaking to, speaking to people uh, from the outside. They, they, they had become very, very good at speaking to people that were already on the inside. But a lot of the messages that came forth or the sermons that would be delivered would uh, 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 be, be, be kind of contextualized to people that already knew the stories. And, and so I heard certain things growing up in church that I didn't have a context for, uh, but it was presumed that I was supposed to know because I'm in the church. A lot of Bible stories and context that were thrown out there that I was uh, presumably presumably supposed to know already, but I didn't know uh, and no one would elaborate on it. Romans chapter number 12, verse number one was one of those uh, verses that as early on as a believer, when I gave my life to Christ and, and, and heard somebody saying, you should be a living sacrifice. You, you should live a, 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 a life that's consecrated to him. And I would be like, but what does that mean? And they would be like, you know, <laughs> live right. Okay, but how? You know, pray hard. And consecrate yourself. I'm a, I'm a wordsmith. Of course, I'm going to go look up the word. Consecrate means to set aside. Now what? Read your word. Okay, I read it. Read it more. Stay in it. I'm a literalist. Can I eat? Can I go play with my friends? What does it mean to be a living sacrifice? And, and, and why would Paul be so beggarly about it? I, 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 I plead with you, King James, I beseech you. I am pleading, I am begging. Would you please give your bodies to God as a living sacrifice? I believe that there, were been, there would have been some Jewish readers that had context to this, but for most of the Gentile readers, they were probably trying to wrap their mind about what, what do you actually want us to do uh, being living sacrifices? And so, and, and so I want to kind of break this down for you. There's going to be some nerdy statements that fly at you uh, for the next 10 minutes because I want you to have an orientation to what it means for a, a Jewish man to write that we should be living sacrifices for God. And the way that I need to do that is by taking you back to the Old Testament and, and kind of describing and explaining for you uh, what the five major Old Testament uh, sacrifices were called and what they were for. Y'all ready with me? First uh, sacrifice was the burnt offering. And then the burnt offering by, by definition or expression is for the general atonement of sin and expression of devotion to God. 
The burnt offering is where they would take an animal and the offerer would place his hand upon the animal and 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 transfer it to the high priest. The high priest would put it on the altar and literally that animal would be be, become consumed by the flames that were on the altar. Here was the 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 intent of the offerer. The intent was to say, um, uh, I want atonement for my sin or I want to express my devotion to God. uh, But but if I get on this altar and burn up, I'll never be able to do this again. And and so uh, I want to take this animal with with all of its nature, its animalistic tendencies. And what I want to say is that this animal now represents me. And as I put this animal on this altar, And as it's consumed by these flames, what I'm saying is everything in me is what's happening to this animal. I'm allowing God to consume everything in me that's not like him, but it's represented through this animal. Another of the type of offerings was the grain offering and the grain offering was a voluntary expression of devotion to God, recognizing his goodness and his providence. Again, it was another offering that was brought, acknowledging how good God is and and how much we want to be devoted to him. Another one of the offerings, this third one uh, was called the peace offering. And the peace offering is one of my favorites because this is how I see our embassy city places being. Uh, It meant to consecrate a meal between two or more parties before God and share that meal. Can I just stop? How many people like meals? (laughs) Let Let me ask another one. How many people like to eat? How many people like to eat with others? How many people like to eat with others when they don't ask for any of yours? Ain't that a good day? You don't want none of my fries? God is good. You don't want to bite a none of my burger? Oh, God loves me today. This fish is all mine. Share that meal together in fellowship of peace and a commitment to others' future prosperity. It was, a, it was an offering that was brought before the Lord. The next was the sin offering. And in the sin offering, this offering is sometimes seen as an offering of atonement for unintentional sin. There are acts of commission and omission. To commit an act of sin means just that. I, 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 I committed something. But omission means that maybe you forgot to do something or unintentionally you did something that you didn't know was a sin. Similarly, it is sometimes viewed as a guilt offering, removing the consequences for lack of perfection. And the last offering is referred to as the guilt offering and very Uh, Short definition to make reparations for one's sins. I wanted you to have context to these because as you understand what it means to be a living sacrifice, you have to understand that there was a lot of sacrificing going on in the Old Testament. There are a lot of animals being offered up as sacrifices because of some my bads. Because of some oops, I did it again. You could not have a pet back then. Like you just didn't want to get connected to your goat. Like you didn't want to just really get connected to your lamb like that. Because if you did something wrong, you had to come to Billy and be like, oh, so cute. Come with me. You would take him to the high priest. 
pick him up and put him on that altar. And you know how animals can give you that sad look. What did I do? What did he do? The sacrifice is extravagant so that you could keep living. <laughs> living sacrifices. There are sacrifices of atonement and sacrifices of acknowledgement. The sacrifices for atonement took care of the entire community. The sacrifices of acknowledgement were meant for the individuals. So atoning sacrifices took care of everybody. But the acknowledging sacrifices took care of the individual. Here's a statement that I would love for you to write down or take a picture of on the screens. Believers in Jesus, we as believers in Jesus, are the only people whose physical sacrifice can acknowledge what God has done for their lives. I'm say it again. Believers in Jesus are the only people whose physical sacrifice can acknowledge. And you know I'm a nerd. I like definitions. Acknowledge means to accept or admit the existence or truth of something or someone. We are the only ones that God has created whose physical sacrifice can acknowledge what God has done for our lives. So when we're giving the, the, the appeal, the, the admonishment, the, the, the literal plea to become living sacrifices for God, the reason why we are, we are given that plea is because we are the only bodies he has created that can actually acknowledge what he's done for us. We're the only ones that can express it back to him and give a testimony of what he's done in our lives. Now, let me give you the context of Jesus. Jesus is the only person whose, sac whose physical sacrifice could atone for our sins. I'm going to say that again. Je Jesus is the only person whose physical sacrifice could atone, make amends or reparations for our sins. So when you think about atonement, and the fact that one sacrifice would be uh, the result of everyone else's purification or forgiveness or atonement or reparation or amendment. The only person that could have done that for us and the only person that did do that for us is Jesus. He atoned for our sins. And in his perfect atonement for our sins by dying on the cross, it meant that we don't have to. Whew. And it means our pets don't have to. That's my last one. It's my last one. I thought it was. That's my last one. No, it's not. That's my last one. 
in one man's death. No other death sacrifice was needed. And he's the only one that could have done it because in his, he got back up. So he died for us, rose for us, and now says, you don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to die for this, but you do have to live for it. I no longer need a death sacrifice, but I do need a living one. Take down this def definition for a living sacrifice. A body sincerely devoted to God is a living sacrifice. I want to say that again. A body sincerely devoted to God is a living sacrifice. Now, this is why terms are so important and, and explanations are needed because when you tell somebody to be a living sacrifice, we, we, we want to be also, we want to also be able to tell them what it means, what it looks like. And a body devoted, sincerely devoted to God is a living sacrifice. There's some people that are in this room right now. Your body is sincerely devoted to the gym. And you go in there three times a week or four times a week or five times a week and you want to see your abs and you want to see your pecs and you want to see your triceps and you've devoted your body to squats and to leg extensions and to curls and to jumping on boxes over and over again. <laughs> just, just, uh. <laughs> Then you step off the box and you do it again. I don't know what's wrong with you, but that's what you want to do. You devoted your life to it. Some of y'all have devoted your whole body to binge watching Netflix. Your whole body is just on a couch. The contour of the couch has taken on your shape. When you get up, if your friend came over and visited and sat down, they would be like, oh, you must sit here. <laughs> oh, oh. I can't go through the litany and the variables of what our bodies can be devoted to, but without using any prophetic insight or any discernment at all, what I know for a fact is everybody's body in here is devoted to something or someone. And if the plea is to be a living sacrifice, a body that's been devoted, sincerely devoted to God, why would we do that? Why would we want to do that? We do that because of everything that he's done for us. Here's another statement. It is the soul that presents the body. You need to know this. We're not asking you to simply have some willpower. What we are really saying is that it is the soul that presents the body to the Lord. 
Becoming a living sacrifice is from the inside out, not from the outside in. Now, now I was raised in uh, uh, Pentecostal churches, classical Pentecostal churches uh, where there were where they had church mothers. And, and one of the cries of, uh, of church mothers during the course of a service would be this statement and it would be bold and declarative. My soul says yes. <laughs> My soul says yes. And it was from that declaration that they were letting you know that there is something that's going on on the inside of me. That has affected what goes on on the outside expression of me. There's something that I've made a decision on internally that dictates how I live externally. I didn't get like this by myself. <laughs> it's not just my my own good deeds that have got me like this. I have literally yielded my body and its members to the Holy Spirit. And because of this internal yes, I also have an expressive no to certain things that I used to do, certain things that I used to think, certain things that I, certain places I used to go, certain people I used to be with. There has been an internal change that's caused an outward expression to the point that it might shock some people if they met me. Some people that used to know me in my past, if they knew me now, would be like, Tim, that's not you. There's no way you got like that by yourself. No, no, no. There's other. I know I didn't. There's another person that lives in here now, and he's been doing a good cleanup job. Hello, for the last 23 years. When I'm when I'm when I'm giving you this 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 challenge, that the Lord gave me to be a living sacrifice. What we're talking about is allowing the Holy Spirit to come into our lives and literally change us into the images of Christ. Change us into disciples of Jesus Christ, living our lives his way, not ours. And that indeed is a sacrifice. Sacrifice will lead to inconvenience. It's not a sacrifice if it's not inconvenient. I'll hear some people saying stuff like, hey, I'm going on a fast and uh, I'm giving up bread. And I'm like, but you have a gluten allergy. So. <laughs> no. Then whoop de doo you're not even you break out anyway. You shouldn't eat bread, like even if you weren't fasting. Right? Like, 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 well, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up TV. You don't even have one in your house. You, that's why you go over your friends. Your budget's tight. You did the Ramsey thing and you're trying to get your life in order. No, no, no. It's not a sacrifice unless you feel it. If you say you're sacrificing some time, that means you felt that time go. If you say you're going to sacrifice a meal, that means your stomach agreed with you. <laughs> Don't worry about that. I'm just on a fast. I'm just on. <laughs> it's not truly a sacrifice 
unless it feels like a sacrifice. I'm not saying you have to have a Garden of Gethsemane uh, experience to where uh, uh, something in the form of hemohydrosis takes place where, 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 where great drops of sweat are coming out of your brow as if it were blood. But what I am saying is it can't be like, ha yeah, that was easy. I don't know anybody that sacrifices and it's actually easy. The Rock, uh, Dwayne Johnson, that guy, uh, 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 makes about 20 to 25 million dollars every movie he makes. He is a star because of his body. That guy's body hasn't had a dessert in about 12 years. That's a sacrifice. That guy eats one third of a ton of codfish a year and is in the gym six hours a day, about six days a week. I'd do it for 25 mil. <laughs> Here's what I'm telling you. He's sacrificing something. I'm not passing salt grass or that carrot cake. <laughs> Today. But because of what Dwayne Johnson has chosen to do with his life, he has made certain sacrifices to his body. <laughs> and so and so in this appeal, in this plea to present your body, why why would you even do it? Now presented with this fact, why would you even become a living sacrifice? Like, what, what would make us even want to do that? Why would we live our life for Jesus and sacrifice stuff we like? Why would we sacrifice attitudes we love? Why, why would we give up desires that, that we have? Just because he asked us to? Well, I want to give you the three reasons why I think you should live a sacrificial life and then we'll go bye-bye. Point number one, please write this down. It's reasonable. <laughs> Your homework today is to go back and read chapters 1 through 11. Paul does not start off Romans chapter number one, verse number one, by saying, I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices unto God, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. Then you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He didn't start off like that. He lays out a case. And then at the end says, this is your reasonable service. I'll give you some context to that. First Corinthians chapter number six, verse number 20 says this. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. He bought you with a high price. What was the high price? His son's body. And here is the context. The context is since he did it with his body, it seems reasonable that you would do it with yours. That if he could die for you, then it seems reasonable that you would live for him. It's reasonable. What he's asking for from you is not him being unfair. Based on what Christ has done, the appeal and the plea for you to give your body to him is absolutely reasonable. 
It is unreasonable for an unbeliever. It is reasonable for a believer. There, there, there's, there, there's people that come to church on the weekend and, and, and when they're hit with a message like this on discipleship or, or, or living sacrificially, uh, people kind of lock up. Mm, I didn't come here for this. You didn't have to come here at all. It's Sunday. You could be anywhere. You could be at the mall. You could be at a matinee. You could be at a carnival. You could be doing what? You could have slept in. You, you could have mowed your lawn. You could have done anything. But you sacrificed to be here today. There was a desire that you had to be in community with other believers and fellowship that brought you here today. For an unbeliever, I understand why it would be unreasonable to live a life this way. But for a believer, if you call yourself a believer in Jesus Christ and your declaration is that that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead. Then, then, then you have to have made up in your mind that whatever scripture says, you have made a declaration that you are going to be about that life. Because if not, you could have joined, you know, like, do you Baptist church? <laughs> if not, I mean, there's a religion for everybody now. They'll just create one and get your ordination online for $99. And however you want to believe, you could believe that. But if you found a resonance with scripture, then you do know this is not a constitution. Scripture cannot be amended to fit your will, your way, your desire. It is literally a commandment given by a king. And I don't know if you know anything about a king's command, but a king's command cannot be amended. A king's command amends you. Point number two, it's spiritual. It is absolutely spiritual. We're asking you to do something with your physical body, but what we're asking you to do with your physical body is a spiritual thing. It's a very spiritual thing. Here's what it says in Romans chapter number six, verse number 13. Do not let any part of your body, I love how Paul writes, become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Can I just marinate on that real quick? Any part of your body. What do you think any part covers? <laughs> Don't it seem like that should cover everything? Isn't it amazing how we compartmentalize our sacrifice? Well, I'm a prey. But I will also punch. It's just the way he made me. Don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Touch, taste, sight, smell, hearing. That's how we interact with this physical world. Here's what he's saying. Don't let anything that's in your body 
Become an instrument to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. I love how he keeps using these terms. Your whole body, <laughs> completely, any part of you. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your, here we go, whole body. <laughs> as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. That's our job as ambassadors of Jesus Christ. That our whole bodies would become these instruments that get used by God to interact with this physical world. That people would find love through us, peace through us, joy through us. A compelling message of the love of Jesus Christ would be found through us if our entire bodies were made and looked at as instruments and living sacrifices to be used by him. This, this is, I, I just, let me just stop and say, I, I, there, I feel like a spiritual growth spurt happening right now. Like, I just feel like there's some people getting, like, you're going to walk out of here spiritually and bump your head on the way out. You're going to be like, did I grow? Did I just, I used to clear that, that doorway. I just bumped my head on it. This is how you grow up. L listen. Uh, this message was particularly challenging for me, not 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 just the message, the scripture, because because after being a disciple for for 23 years of my life, maybe I remind you of my story uh, of the trauma I experienced sexually at the age of eight uh, after being exposed to pornography at 12 and, 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 and having a porn addiction. A living sacrifice has been particularly difficult for an addict, for, for, for somebody that was used to, to, to giving over to, to fleshly desire, and then you find out you have to stop doing that. Not because you want to, because he says so. Whew. Talking about becoming a child of God again. There's some stuff my kids won't do only because I say it. Somebody else could say it and they'll be like, mm. That was helpful for you, wasn't it? Do you feel better? And then I'll come in and say, stop. And they'll be like, mm, we're not, mm -mm, yes, we will stop. We don't want to, but we will. Who's speaking to you? Can the Father make you stop? Just by saying it? Sacrifice, but it's what he's called us to do. Point number three, please write this down. It's intelligent. It's reasonable, it's spiritual, and it's intelligent. I know we got some people in the room. You're not, you're not real uh, emotional. You're not a feeling type person. You're more of a cerebral thinking type person, right? Has to make sense to you. I mean, I think I, I believe in God, but I'm not sure about the whole Jesus thing and how that works. And I see people jumping up crying and I tried to do that once. I looked crazy, so I stopped. <laughs> I thought about it too much. I thought about lifting my hands and then I thought myself out of it. I just, something about it doesn't resonate with me. I just, I read the words and I mouthed them, but I don't feel like opening my mouth. It's just, just kind of weird. You think through everything, right? You're the type of person. Well, I just wanted you to know, it's an, it's an intelligent decision to become a living sacrifice for God. Here's what it says in James chapter number three, verse number 13. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it. <laughs> yes, it is. 
You're an intelligent person. You're wise and you understand God's ways. Prove it by living an honorable life. Living sacrificially doesn't mean that you don't have to live intelligently. That's been the knock on, on, on Christians for years is that, 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 they, that these people are stupid and emotional, but they're, but they're not smart. Yes, you can be educated. And an educated man can, can draw the same conclusion if they're, they're wise and they understand God's ways. It's an intelligent decision to live a sacrificial life for God. Doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. A real wise man knows not to be puffed up by his wisdom. If he really knows the source of it, he will bow down. It's reasonable. It's spiritual. And it's intelligent to live our lives sacrificially for God. So the question I ask as we close this message is, are you ready to do that? If I could take on Paul's tone as he wrote this letter, I would literally take on his posture. Therefore, having heard all of this evidence, I beg you not to let your body dictate how you will live for God. But rather, I beg you to let your soul yield it to God dictate what your body will do. I plead with you to be a living sacrifice for God. This is your reasonable, your spiritual, and your intelligent service to him. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like more information on our church, please go to www.embassycity.com. We would love to hear from you. Our prayer is that you have been inspired and transformed. Have a wonderful day and come back again.